0: forget you can call somebody call a friend call a family member reach out to someone you think that maybe they don't want to hear what you have to say maybe you don't want to ruin their day with your your thoughts or whatever you're going through or your problems it's not true and it's something easy um, for us to forget we lie to ourselves sometimes and we think people don't want to hear about your problems they have their own problems and stuff and then you kind of end up by yourself And um, I I know I recently went through that. I want to encourage you guys, remind each other, you know, reach out to someone, see how they're doing, check on them. Um, And then you guys too, you know, if you need someone to talk to, DM me, call me, right? If you can. Um, You want to do a video chat, I'm always down for it, right? This is Sammy Rye coming to you with the podcast, that podcast with Sammy Rye this week. A bunch of things to talk on. Um, The word of the week is going to be resurrection. Resurrection is the word of the week. Why is that the word speaking to me this week that I think I need to put out there and provide that value to you guys? Um, it's because of Matrix Resurrections. Um, what is the Matrix went live? What is the was a website used to promote and kind of cover all things that was the Matrix. If you do not, if you do not do not know about the original time they put out the Matrix movies, and yesterday it went live. And boy, did that experience of going to that website rejuvenate me, resurrect me, bring me life! It really um, was an amazing experience for me. Um, I know re- me on my my own side of things. Recently, I've been going through some some tough times in my my end. Actually, I would I mentioned this to someone else the other day that um I actually realized that the last few weeks have been the hardest time in my life since I was about seventeen. I had a pretty rough time when I was seventeen. Some situations I had gotten into, um, which I can remember vividly, where it was the worst time of my life, um, and yeah, and these last few weeks have been similar to me, and I was questioning a lot of things, questioning why I was doing anything that I was doing, um, going through a lot of struggles, on all kinds of levels, really, and you know, I was going to sell, I was going to sell my, all my possessions at one point. Um, you know, completely like crazy stuff. Just thinking, like, yeah, you know, at least for now, there's no reason to do anything. Basically, I need to focus on other things that mattered. You know, it wasn't like completely negative. It was just kind of a, of a shift in perspective. Um, and it really just came from, you know, going through a lot of hardships all at once, a lot of things all hitting you at once. And I was questioning my, my passion for art and everything I do, my passion for business, all of those things. And when I saw, The execution, the professional, innovative execution, the Warner Brothers, the the makers of the Matrix, whoever thought of it, um, what they did with that website, um, I it completely resurrected me. It completely rejuvenated me, and I'm so excited for the movie. And it's not just a movie; it's answering a question. The question, besides besides the obvious one, what is the Matrix? You know, the question. It, it could be so philosophical when you look at it because the cool thing about that question when it was first, you know, put on the Internet, right, when it was first proposed was people didn't know what The Matrix was as a movie, as a story, um, and what that would be. And it was cool because the Internet was still a bit mysterious. It wasn't what we like. Now we know everything about the Internet. We completely understand it. Uh, kids understand it. Right. But the Matrix still had some mystery. It still had a little bit of hint of danger and things hacking, and you know people didn't really know how viruses, and it wasn't as ingrained in our head as it is now. This is maybe I think 15, 20 years ago. I need to look up some numbers, um, but I can remember the feeling of just going to their website and asking myself the question, "What is the Matrix?" And it, I, I feel like they almost invented Meta or really made Meta matter because suddenly, the website, which was referencing a movie was also somehow referencing real life. And it was all blurring in in the way that they went about marketing it, which was so cool, so innovative. And then the story did the same thing. I remember people sometimes um, joking and saying, what if we are in the matrix? You know, what if we are living in a simulation? And actually this the simulation theory, um, an actual like almost religious like theory about maybe in real life, we're living in a, in a in a simulation of some sort. That's actually something that's kind of a common conversation in 2021. Um, not related to The Matrix and, like, we're inside of The Matrix uh, per se. But that theory, which was presented in old science fiction books and kind of made popular again um, when The Matrix came out, some people kind of felt like, yeah, based on this story, that works, that fits. We wouldn't really know if we were inside of a simulation. Um, And the movie was so innovative on so many different levels. I actually have an episode planned um, with a guest that's going to be maybe next week or the week after, based on our scheduling, where by then the real trailer will come out. I think the trailer comes out tomorrow, um, and we'll know more about the movie, and we're going to rewatch all the Matrix movies and watch the trailer, and we're going to completely go in. I think the whole episode will be dedicated to just the Matrix. Um, so that check out for that episode next week or the week after, based on our schedule, as soon as we can get together and do that one. But getting back to The Resurrection, um, yeah, it just, for me, when I saw it, I didn't know if they could do it again. I didn't know what they could even do at this point. Um, you know, the world is different. The Internet's different. Technology has moved on. It doesn't have the same mystery anymore. And, you know, those, the, the story kind of ended in a way that ended things. You know, the actors are older. The, the director, the, all the creators are older. Um, and the world has changed. You know, I, I, it's not uncommon for me to speak to a younger person, and they don't—they don't even know what the Matrix is. They don't—they didn't see those movies. Maybe They might have missed their generation by fifteen years, something like that, twenty years maybe. So, you know, that being said, I, as a fan, thought, man, it's—it's it's difficult to bring something like that back. Um, you know, Star Wars has kind of always been around in so many ways. The Matrix has been completely gone. There aren't darn video games, there aren't TV shows or anything like that keeping it going. So being that the Matrix hasn't been like, you know, like Star Wars and everything is kind of always pushed into your face. Um, even like Lord of the Rings, they had, they had video games and stuff over the years. Um, the Matrix has kind of completely gone away. And maybe that was a good thing. Maybe it let people forget. I don't know. I don't really know what they're going to do as a fan. Being so close to it, it's hard for me to figure out what they were going to do, what would even work. And hopefully this works. I mean, I think it doesn't have to be a billion-dollar movie, necessarily. Um, I don't know how much the budget is for it, if they publish that information yet. But as long as the movie is good and critically acclaimed, I think that'll be a return to form. I think people will like that. And that's something that we'll talk about more on the Matrix-dedicated episode. But yeah, you know, whatever it is for you, try to find those things that you can reconnect with and you can touch base with. And um, and, you know, find those things to help you get rejuvenated. Because I didn't know that was going to do it for me. Um, dealing with all that pressure and things I was going through recently, I have to give a shout-out to Ignite Sahada. Um, as Peter Reyes. I've had him on the podcast. Um, Jason, you know, if you guys don't know how to find those guys, they're the Wim Hof instructors I go to. I recently went to them on my birthday, about a week or two ago, actually, um, as a birthday gift. And this time, in like I think the eighth time I've gone to this workshop you know, I thought I was going as a treat to myself because I had done a lot of working out and exercising, all this stuff leading up to it over the summer. I thought like a spa day. I'll go like you know, go meditate and you know to do the ice bath and kind of be like a like a refresher. Like ah yeah, that was great. I thought that's what I was going for. Turns out I was actually going to get ready for war. I didn't realize war was coming, but that's how life does you right. You you sit in there sometimes going about things and then hell, will will just show up. And for the first time I think in my life, instead of turning to other coping mechanisms, overeating, um, playing too many video games, staying up late, whatever I would do to kind of find those releases from pressure, I was able to breathe. I was able to breathe and still do my fasting, which isn't a part of Wim Hof, it's just something that's hard to do when you're stressed out. Um, And I thought I was normally put on weight during such a bad time period. I actually continued to lose weight, feel healthy, which then also kind of encouraged me, like, yeah, this part of your life will be over at some point, and you are still improving, even though you're like still at your lowest, you're still improving. And that's all thanks to that Wim Hof workshop, that refresher. I've gone eight times. Every time I go, I learn new things. New things connect and click with me mentally. Um, someone will say something or phrase something a different way, and then you kind of understand it in a deeper level. And it becomes easier to use and more practical in my day-to-day life. Um, yeah, so you know, shout out to them. I can't wait to have Jason on the show. Hopefully I can get him on the show one day so you guys can hear from him and hear his story. Um, it's always, it's always a pleasure as soon as I can. When I'm in a financial situation I want to be in, I'm going to go to every workshop I can physically travel to for them because it's, it's never bad. Um, it's the most amazing thing I've ever been able to do in my life. Um, I've gone to yoga. I like yoga too. I've gone to different churches, nothing wrong with that. Um, different things out there everyone tries, but Wim Hof is, by hands hands down for me at least, it's like the cornerstone of everything that's successful in my life. It all starts there with centering myself and meditating. Moving on to other different things, Um, I do want to talk about Shang-Chi, right? Because Shang-Chi is out, and it's doing really well in theaters, and that is good news. I don't think it's been out for seven days, but I looked up the numbers. I think they did about 150, no, I think it's actually 150 million um, foreign, and then 100 million domestic. So they they got their money back for their budget. And I think during COVID, that's always been the hardest thing for people to do. They got their money back in like another 100 mil, um, and that's good so far. And it hasn't even been a week, so maybe that might really start rejuvenating the box office, getting people excited to go. We've been waiting for that movie, right? So I don't know if it, if this is the movie, but that that looks like good signs. I think they broke records. Um, I don't know if the records are considering the COVID situation. Um, Or if they're just legit September records from last year or, you know, before COVID. I don't know. But, you know, it's going really well. um, And that movie answered a lot of questions. That movie had a lot of things going on. Uh, The obvious first one is Shang-Chi as a character. Not a lot of people know that character. But that wasn't that much different with Doctor Strange. Marvel has been able to prove that Guardians of the Galaxy, some of the lesser-known characters, they can make into household names. So Shang-Chi should have been able to do that. The other thing is, can you have an Asian superhero, right? this question was kind of answered with black panther where again they were thinking well you know can you have an all-black cast do black panther and black panther did a billion dollars it smashed records came out it was a huge success almost everyone i know saw that multiple times in theaters um everyone's blown away how they really refreshed and stepped black panther into the future and made it such a cool character that i think now again is household name right i'm actually looking at a killmonger action figure i have over there on my dresser, my daughter plays with it every day. Everyone knows who Black Panther is now. It's awesome. Um, but Shang Chi, same thing. It was okay. Well, that worked. But we're in America, so in America we do have, um, you know, African Americans and people a part of, you know, main mainstream media, mainstream culture, um, are typically either, you know, as you say, like you're Europeans or African Americans, right? Um, but then Asian Americans, it's it's difficult sometimes to know. There's obviously a giant Asian population, but their interest in media and how much they want to participate in media um, is really still just being tested. Obviously, Crazy Rich Asians is going to be the first example people are going to refer to as a smash hit that had a whole whole Asian cast. And Shang-Chi is like, okay, well, can you do it twice? Is that going to keep working? And I was wondering about, you know, domestically in China, would they accept it coming from America or would that be rejected, right? I think one of the last amazing films that did really well in China, didn't do good in America, was uh, World of Warcraft. For some reason that made like tons of money in China, but not so much in America. I think World of Warcraft's kind of died down here. But I think it still has some popularity in China. So Shang-Chi was the next one where you're saying, okay, well, you Will know, well, they reject it? I know the movie 300 was rejected in some Middle Eastern countries because they thought it had American propaganda in it. They were trying to teach their people like the American way is the right the right way. And I think China and America can see eye to eye on some things, but obviously there's some things they don't. So I was like, I hope you know it's embraced and um and it becomes a worldwide hit. And so far, Shang Chi seems to be doing that. I don't think at this point anyone can see anything that could happen to make it a failure. Um, you know, I, I, it definitely once makes me want to go back out to the theater. I might wait another week or two. That's um, for me personally, just a COVID thing, just trying my best to make sure I take care of my family and keep everybody safe. But, uh, yeah, I might have to sneak out, at least go see it, catch it on a morning show or something like that where there's not a lot of people in the theater because um, that definitely gets me excited. I really, really would like to see it in theaters. And um, if not that, then The Matrix in December, I, I think I already have two, two like set viewings set up. As soon as I can reserve tickets for those, I'm going to start reserving tickets for that. Because definitely by December, I should be fine with it. Um, and I think Shang-Chi, too. I'm going to Disney World in like three weeks or four weeks. Um, so, yeah, at that point, you're, you're risking it all, right? And that's October. So maybe right before I go to Disney World, I'll go you know sneak off and see Shang-Chi. But that looks great. Um, Aquafina is in that movie. And her show, um, Nora from Queens. I always want to say Nora in the Bronx. I'm going to actually Google it just to make sure. I always say Nora from the Bronx, Nora from Queens. Let me make sure I look up the actual title, right? So it's Aquafina is Nora from Queens. That's the name of the show. Their season two is out. Really enjoys in season two. I've seen season one so many times over and over and over again. I'm really looking forward to season two finishing it and then watching it over and over and over again and seeing if it holds up the same kind of way. They have a lot of creative episodes, a lot of different things they've done. They're a little different than that formula from that from the first season. I liked a whole lot. Um, I even with the characters, I actually thought a lot of people had left the show, and it seems like this time they're kind of like waiting for an episode, bringing that character back and kind of giving that character the whole episode, um, which is different. I don't feel like it's as driven by Nora or Aquafina playing Nora, um, but I could be wrong. Again, it's just first glance seeing these episodes um after maybe maybe after i've seen him a bunch of times and i get the whole picture of what season two is about and i watch it over and over again it might have all those same things there are some great jokes still in the show that are that you do catch at first glance but i've seen aquafina season one or nora in the queens season one so many times it's ridiculous um where every single like sentence in that show now makes me laugh but i've seen them all i catch all the background humor um. So definitely liking it. I'm hoping it you know continues to be a good season, and then I'm gonna start binging it over and over again as soon as it's over. But yeah, I mean, lots of cool things going on in those fronts. And again, for me as a movie maker and a movie fan, it's just something to really be excited about to see all these different stories coming out and being told. Um, and you know, the some other shows I saw out recently that was, um, pretty good. Like thinking of representation, um, like reservation dogs Seen that's most recent episode that is on Hulu. I think it's an FX show that's on Hulu, but reservation dogs is awesome. It's a funny show, but they have some, some heartwarming or not even heartwarming, like heartbreaking. Like it's. It's a good show. There's some story in there. Again, it's showing you a perspective, showing you something that you don't typically see from the Native American culture. And it's just it's amazing. And it's like, it has such a fresh voice. That's the term that people use, right? Because I watch Reservation Dogs and I see that a show like that. And then when I watch a lot of other shows that I feel like are really generic and play it really safe, I get mad and say, see... I don't even want to watch these shows, right? I see some people recently had a conversation in a screenwriter group about, this conversation comes up every few months at least, about, oh, you know, what if someone steals my idea from my screenplay, or how do you stop someone from stealing your idea, yada, yada, yada. Um, And I used to, you know, kind of tiptoe around that conversation and just give out some generic tips. But at this point, I'm, I'm pretty, um, you know, nice when it comes to that kind of stuff. But at this point, I'm like, I don't care about your idea. Um, you need to stop worried about your idea. If you don't have a fresh voice, if you're not being honest with yourself as a writer, and you're not bringing what you bring to the table, and you're just trying to copy and paste and do this generic thing that so many shows do, where they're just filling the void, right? They just need new content. It's like, oh, we want to do a show like that show get out of here dude we don't need you it's, it's not necessary right i'd rather have a show like reservation dogs and watch that 10 times over than a hundred shows coming out that are clones of each other that everything is so generic and plays it so like vanilla it's just like vanilla 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 everything um and i i'm hoping more and more writers and creators come from different backgrounds um at least with a different voice it's just you know tell your story tell it differently. Um, and it's not even like always um, a representation thing like I was listening to Matthew McConaughey's audiobook. I mean he's from the South and the way he talks about the South is not the way I've ever heard it talked about and he romanticizes it and he shows his perspective which actually related to me a lot being from the city in in Camden right I'm from New Jersey I'm not outside of Philadelphia. Um, there's so many similarities I felt like I, I felt like I knew Matthew McConaughey as a street kid in the city even though he's from the you know, the the south and from more suburban area. But his voice and the way he talks about things, not just literally the actual sound of his voice, but, like, the way he describes situations and the things that he experienced in his life were so fresh. I never heard them like that. I wish, like, I hope they make a movie or something like that, like, based on his life or situations like that. So much good good to come from those kind of things. Um, another movie I saw recently was Michael Keaton did a movie called Worth on Netflix, very 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 good movie hard to watch um the subject matter is intense it's about how the the real story or the based on a true story the people who had to create the 9-11 fund to pay like the insurance basically or give money from the government to families who had lost people during 9-11 and how do you develop how do you decide the worth of that person how much money should the family get And these people, this law firm, um, took on the task and it is, it's hard to watch. It's hard to think about it. It's not completely like, it's obviously sad, but it's not like the movie. I'm not saying don't watch it It's a sad movie. It's not about sad. It's just really about understanding what has to be done. And then how do you go about doing that in the most humane way? Um, and Michael Keaton and the whole cast in that show uh, or that movie, you know, they did amazing performances. And, you know, I'm a big Michael Keaton fan. The first special episode I did was on Michael Keaton's The Founder. Um, so I I don't know. I haven't looked up Worth and seen the whole background behind it. I just watched the movie and I enjoyed it. I don't know. I've almost felt like maybe Michael Keaton was working with the same people who did the founder. Because I like the movie a lot. I don't I can't watch Worth over and over again. I doubt that. Because again, it's a very Difficult subject matter. It's not a feel good movie necessarily. Um, it's not a downer necessarily. It's just real life. It's just a real story. And I, I love spectacle. I love story. Um, and I guess the spectacle in that story is just they're examining something that we never stop to think about. Um, they really get into the lives of a lot of the families and a lot of people and all the intricacies that went into you know everyone's life. Everyone's life is especially unique. You know how do you make everyone the same and give everybody a number that, that applies to them. You have to, if it's the job, um, and that, that's what those people have to do, and, you know, them trying to figure that out and it being based on a true story, I think that that company is involved with a lot of those funds that are set up for mo- almost all the major American tragedies that have happened over, like, the last two decades. Um, that's an amazing, it's an amazingly difficult job, and, movie worth on netflix with michael keaton yeah sit down and check it out i mean you might you might get emotional i mean it's not like you know a complete tearjerker. i don't know i don't know how you'll react to it but um it's 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 a really really good movie and i think something everyone should see i think people should know about it they should understand those things that happen and i thought it was a really good way to pay homage or celebrate um, or remember, I guess the p- more proper word, that experience. Because 9-11 is difficult to talk about for everybody, I guess. And some movies, I'm, a, I'm worried when I go to put them on because I don't know if they're going to just make it too much spectacle. That's not really appropriate. It's not like a, a summer blockbuster movie. You know, it's not a disaster film, like for fun. Um, it's a really serious situation. So you have to handle it properly. And the movie Worth handles it amazingly. I think better than anything I've ever seen so far. Um, I haven't seen every 9-11 movie, I'll be honest, because of trailers and stuff like that. And it's something that's hard to watch and think about. But yeah, definitely, if you can, check out the movie Worth on Netflix. I'm going to leave it there for now. Um, We're going to go into the commercial break. When I come back, I'm going to talk about some TV shows you might have missed, some really good TV shows I'm currently watching. I'm going to talk about AEW, the wrestling company, and what they're doing in professional race, wrestling, some really big news right there. And I want to talk on some stuff for adults dealing with back to school and, um, and then update on my projects and things like that. So if you're hanging out with me so far, you want to stick around, Samurai will be coming back soon with that podcast from Samurai. And we're back. So, um, some things I wanted to touch on today before we wrapped it up was, you know, TV shows you might have missed, TV shows that I've missed, things that kind of fell off my radar. Uh, recently, I've been watching Fargo, Fargo Season 2, uh, to be uh, a bit more specific. But um, also, Fargo Season 1 was a great season and never got around to watching Fargo. Um, there's another a few other shows like Wu-Tang has a second season coming out. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then also, you know, Fargo Season 2 is is must-watch TV. It's keeping me up at night. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things I like about Fargo a lot is the writing style and the method that they go about telling their stories. They, they set up scenes that you think this is a traditional scene that's going to go a typical way that you've kind of seen before. And then they have these other ways that you don't expect things to go. And it keeps the show very fun to watch. Um, also, the cinematography on the show is amazing. I keep calling attention to it when I'm watching it. Um, the, I don't know if the same person did it the first season of Fargo's because I haven't seen the first season in a while. But definitely season two, the cinematography is definitely standing out to me. It's very interesting. A lot of use of split screen um, and you know three panel you know setups, which you don't ever usually see in any real movies or TV shows anymore. Um, it's definitely like I guess captures perhaps like the '50s or '70s style of the show. Um, but yeah, it just executed very well. They find lots of creative ways to use it. So, I've been really happy enjoying that. Looking forward and hoping that season three and four carry that same kind of flair into them. Um, I heard good things about season four. I'm not sure how the Ewan McGregor season three is going to work out, but we're going to check that out and see how it is. Um, some other things I wanted to mention was AEW uh, in professional wrestling. That's a new company that came out. They're about three years old, and they've had a really big week or two. So a few weeks ago, they announced that CM Punk was coming back to wrestling after, I believe, a seven-year hiatus. He came back, he joined AEW, and that meant a lot to a lot of people. I think their Rampage views went up 50%. That's their Friday show. Um, and then, yeah, and they kind of teased some other people were going to come to the company, like Daniel Bryan from Ring of Honor and WWE, their former world champion. And then he showed up, apparently, this past week, Um, Some other stars came over. I think someone broke down like six major WWE stars had joined. And then Christian Cage, I think, joined last year. So they've acquired a lot of talent. They have a video game in development. They have a game out in the mobile browser right now. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things going on in the world of wrestling, especially at AEW. Um, You know, when it started off, it was kind of like a pipe dream. You know, this idea that... This other company could be the more, you know, authentic company, right? WWE had gone too commercial. Um, and it, it sounds great on paper. And for a while, that's kind of what WCW was when they were rivaling WWF back in their, di- their time in the 90s. But, you know, WCW had their problems. They, they folded. So it, it's easy to see that a commercial company like WWE may have things people don't like about it at times. But it's financially successful and it stands the test of time. Um, a lot of these other companies come out. They they pay a lot of money. They they hire all these stars. They kind of let them start doing all the things wrestling fans, hardcore wrestling fans, may want to see those people do. But then they they start doing these things and. You, they don't always go well, right? And you have to really hope that someone over there is holding on to the reins. I don't know if Tony Khan is the guy if he's holding on to the reins. He definitely has a passion for wrestling. And then working with all these guys, it's going to take a lot, I think, to hold all those stars together. And make sure egos don't go crazy and someone doesn't you know feel a certain kind of way. Um, but CM Punk did address that. And he said it did seem like everyone was there trying to do the best for the company and helping everybody out and you didn't hear those same kind of stories uh, you know towards the end of wcw so hopefully people have learned from history and they realize what they have to do and i mean if you were ever a wrestling fan it's an exciting time to check it out i definitely want to see the all-out pay-per-view the AEW put on this past sunday um yeah i heard that was a really really good card a lot of surprises and a lot of good matches from people who are already there there's a lot of talent already in the company they hopefully will get more exposure and get more more of a chance to shine against these other people. Um, the last thing I want to touch on for the podcast this week is just the back-to-school stuff, right? I mean, if you guys have kids, and have a lot of people sharing pictures of their kids going back to school. You know, take your time. Take it easy. You know, I had a hectic first day. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. It's my first time seeing, you know, one of my smallest children go off to school for the first time and um yeah it's 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 difficult not only that it's also difficult on the teachers and the staff and everyone that's doing it um listen, i don't know how to do it honestly there's a lot of things a lot of moving parts a lot of responsibility to be responsible for so many people's kids um yeah and i mean i definitely think that overall the school system should be embracing technology and using some more up-to-date you know methods of tracking kids and watching how they move about um, I see in general, I think most schools are trying to go back to the, the everything way things were before COVID, right? I think COVID showed all businesses and in and the school system that you can use technology to leverage a lot of things. And I feel like there's a, a good amount of people that want to go back to just the way it was. And I don't think you can put that back in the box. I think once people realize that you can do other things with technology, it's only going to go that direction. So there might be some resistance and back and forth. Um, And really, I would love to see more things come out in the private school sector. I would love to see people come up with other ways to have school that's not so expensive and give people an option versus the regular public schools. Because I don't think the public schools, like many government-funded programs, are really trying their best to innovate. I think they're kind of just collecting a check and doing their thing. And I'm sure people want to educate the children and stuff like that. But they definitely could be trying more in that space. But, you know, what's the incentive, right? There's no reason for them to try harder or to do things better and more effective. You know, it works the way it works. They get the job kind of done, and then they get paid. So... Hopefully you see more of those things you know, in the future with school. I would like to see school completely change. My, my son, who's in high school, he did mention there's some very interesting classes that they're taking in public high school. He has a music production class. He has some other media classes. I think he's been working with Adobe Premiere, which is huge. I would have killed to work with Adobe Premiere in, in high school. So that's amazing. That is that's nice to see that some of those programs are there, and obviously those kids can start making money right away using some of those things. Um, they have they're all locked into each other doing social media and stuff like that. So yeah, there's a, there's a, that's not going away. It's just going in that same direction, more multimedia stuff, and in, for them to get such a big start at a young age, and um, really get their minds wrapped around how some of those tools like Premiere works. They they use Premiere to make real movies, right? So to have that as such a powerful skill for commercials or filmography, or you know on any kind of videography that you're doing. You know If you have Premiere and you don't understand how to use Adobe Suite, then that's amazing. And I, I wonder if that's Adobe behind that. I know that they do student discounts for college kids to use their programs and get everybody accustomed to using their programs to kind of have a, a foothold like Microsoft does over, over that medium. Um, I use Rush a lot. That's the, I use Adobe Rush the most to do small videos and things like that. I even have a professional project I was doing recently, and Rush, there's really no reason not to use it. For the project I was doing, I didn't need to go into Premiere, but they have those kind of different tools for you there, and you can take your Rush projects into Premiere. So there's really no reason not to start in Rush every single time and see how far you can go, unless, of course, you know you're going to do like a maybe 30-minute or... Um, I don't know full-length feature film. Then no you're not going to start in Rush because the rendering is going to be horrible. It's not, it won't be able to handle that much video. But if you're doing something small and you don't plan on you know doing big effects or anything like that, then yeah, you don't have to go into After Effects and Premiere to begin with. It you could just start off right in Rush, and I think that's something that's great if these kids are getting to see how these programs work. Hopefully, they get access to their own accounts. They can they can use Rush on their mobile phones and stuff like that. If they have iPads at home. All that's there. Um, I think he said he also has a music production program. I, I'm, I'm curious to wonder what it is that they're going to be using for music production, because there's a lot of tools out there that are just kind of, you know, iffy. Um, but if they're even learning basic music theory or how to put together basic beats, that's a that's a skill that you can take on to any program you use. So that's kind of cool to hear that they're doing those kind of things in high school. And yeah, I mean, and then all those things going on back to how I opened up the beginning of the podcast, you know, remember to reach out to your friends and family, you know, keep in touch with each other. Share those things online. Share those posts that you're not sure if you want to share. You don't know if anyone's gonna care about it. Go ahead and share those posts. I said, DM me, drop me a comment. I've been talking to a lot of people recently, kind of getting back in touch, and I'm I'm more than welcome. You know, to, and open to talking to anyone from the past, anyone I haven't heard from in a while. It's been a long time. I I think even COVID kind of adds on some years to that, right? Like you might not have seen someone. Where you might have normally seen them if you bumped into them at the office or at the store every once in a while, like that, that chance of that is pretty much gone. So it might even been, you know, it feels like two years might actually been four years, I feel like two years are kind of sneaking by um, because of that extra COVID cushion that you have there. So definitely, you know, like I said, I don't, I'm always for reaching out and talking to people, seeing how everyone's doing and staying motivated. I think that's the big thing when you have other people around you and you're feeding off each other in a positive way. I think that's something that's always helpful. Um, The last thing I guess I'm going to wrap up on is some of the projects that I'm currently working on. I have the Rave screenplay that I'm still developing. But right now, I want to focus more on my physical health and other things that I'm doing outside of art and business and really just take the next few months to really focus on that, right? Again, going to the Wim Hof Workshop, working with Peter, working with Jason, it really showed me that I think if I can really handle the... The mental issues, right, the the dealing with stress, learning how to, you know, stay focused, stay away from your coping mechanisms and things like that. I think that's going to pay dividends on everything else that I'm doing. So it's worth it to invest that time now for me um, in that aspect of my life. I was doing that and then I felt that need to get the screenplay started as soon as possible. And we got some of the pages done. It's not very long. It's a short little pitch. I do have the outline done for the show. And some other things that can develop over time. But when it comes to actually filming, I don't see me filming at this point. Definitely not till the beginning of next year, um, maybe summertime. I think that's a really comfortable time to say maybe I could start filming in summertime. And those are things that I'm working on on my end over here. And in the meantime, just, you know, occasionally dipping my toes into some music, art, things like that. Things I like to do just to pass the time and stay busy, stay motivated. If you guys have anything you're working on, go ahead and share it. I always think that that also helps too. I think motivation and inspiration comes from artists sharing things with other artists. It doesn't have to always be you know, the final product that you see on social media or that you release. I'm always interested in ideas. I love the idea of ideas. You're seeing things as they're seedlings and they're starting to grow before they really you know, go somewhere and then seeing it come out the other end. Like I said, I had a guest that I wanted to bring onto the show in August, a friend from California that I met online, and I got to see over the course of about a year from him announcing at least that he wanted to make make a book to him finally getting the book done, publishing the book. And that was incredible. I'd never seen someone write a full novel and see that process. Also did a lot of work with like pre-visuals and YouTube videos and interviews and trying to you know really explain and give people something to understand what the book is about and then give them an entryway to decide if they want to go ahead and get the book as you've seen people execute right i thought that was awesome and i was looking forward to speaking to him but i can't currently can't find him i can't get in touch with him so again i don't know if he tunes into the podcast or where he is But hopefully I'll get in touch with him again soon. And I have some other guests that I hope to do some shows with in September. But yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for another podcast with Sammy Rye. I'm really happy I was able to take the time this week to give you guys a full podcast again. I know we have been doing that a lot on my end recently. Um and yeah and that next week and or the week after when we do that Matrix podcast it's going to be the bet one that I think one of the best podcasts ever right cuz we're going to really get into something that I'm passionate about I think you'll see that passion and if you have any interest in the Matrix ever um I my, me and my friends and people who I know I think we have a lot to say on the subject that if you have any interest, I think you just make it more exciting on some of the things that happened, not only in the film and the story, but behind the scenes. And also we're going to talk a lot about the larger impact it had on culture, the larger impact it had on the entertainment industry, and so much more. I mean, really, it's not an understatement to say, at least in our generation, how um, many things were affected by the Matrix. So I hope you guys are having a great week. Again, look out for each other, take care of each other. And find that thing that resurrects you. Find that thing that gives you that energy and renews your strength. And take some time to reconnect with that, all right? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You guys take care. Peace.